the most helpful thing that I've discovered is this whole concept of havingness and really letting myself have the experience that I'm having whether I think that it's good for me or I think that it's not good for me to just really really have it and being with myself I can feel that sense of coming home I can feel it like a landing and a possibility for new avenues to be created where before I saw only walls for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and Dream Work. In this podcast, I offer teachings and musings around energy medicine, polarity therapy, poetry, songs, and interviews. New episodes are released every new and full moon. And in case you aren't already aware, I wanted to let you know that I also have a private podcast, which is included in Hive membership, but you can also subscribe to it for only $5 a month on its own. And this is a space where I offer monthly guided meditations that accompany certain episodes. And for this moon, the private podcast is a really super special one. This is a 20 minute movement meditation with an invitation to dance, tune into your life's purpose, your highest potential, and also everything that's in the way of that, and to really embody havingness. The process itself came to me in a dream that I had while I was here in Mexico, where I am recording this currently. And I will be sharing this dream later in this episode, so I just wanted to let you know that that exists. I'm really excited to share it with you. And I also wanted to acknowledge that because I am in Mexico currently, it might be really loud. In the background, there might be roosters, dogs, or strange noises that I can't control. So my intention is for that to add to the ambiance of this episode, especially because what I'll be sharing today is really inspired by my journey around getting here and all the experiences that I've had uh, since I arrived. And it's been a really rewarding, deepening experience of self-love, and that's been just so profound. So, in this episode, I'm gonna be sharing both some personal stories around this, some dreams that I break down using the elemental dream mapping process, where I correlate the dream symbols to the chakras and the elements. And I'm gonna be sharing a, a poem as well, exploring this topic of havingness. But before I go into the poem, I just wanted to first touch on what havingness means to me, since it's not really a word. And in a healing context, Havingness really refers to just allowing ourselves to fully and completely be in the experience that we're in, which is a very, very therapeutic thing, and there's actually technique to doing this. 
because it's not necessarily automatic. And I've used these techniques with clients for 20 years, but I've been applying them in a different way to my own self. And that has just been so incredibly healing that I wanted to just share that in this episode. So in regards to havingness, I really believe that it's both the positive and negative that are valuable equally to our personal growth. And in every healer's journey, there's going to be trials that help us to become more self-realized. And that's really an ongoing theme in this podcast. How do we meet those obstacles with humility and vulnerability? So what I'm offering through the sharing of these personal stories and dreams today is an invitation to listen as though they were your own. Paying attention to the synchronicities coming from your environment, the sensations of resonance that are here to inform you, as though these words that I'm sharing are specifically coming to you at this time, in this way, for your own healing and evolutionary process. Because it really always is that way. But when we pay attention and listen with that kind of consciousness, it just amplifies the positive effects of that. So I want to invite you now to just close your eyes if you want as I shift into reading this poem and sit back and let your logical mind take a break for a minute and invite your creative, non-linear self to just bathe in these words and see how deeply you can take them in for yourself and how your body feels as you hear them. On Havingness. What would it feel like if we allowed ourselves to have whatever we have completely? Both the exquisite parts and the harrowing parts, the injuries and misconceptions, the unsightly things we hide in shame, and all the secret gifts we're too afraid to share, without excuses or reservations, without judging our obstructions, and fully embraced even our prickliest parts daring to behold the beauty of our own explosions. Perhaps then we could begin to see ourselves as the stars we are, aligned in perfect constellations, mapped from every mishap and miscommunication, every challenge and reward, all the things that weave us together, and all that makes us who we are becoming. If we could only see the perfection in our detours and delays, despite the ways we struggle and fail, bemoan and rail against ourselves. For how else do we expect to heal if not for our wounding? And I wonder what would happen if instead of rejecting, we practiced honoring every phase, every stumble, every opportunity to be humbled, What if we became experts at self-devotion by way of fierce, unconditional adoration to 
treating ourselves like a most precious companion, falling in love with all that flows and all that doesn't, accepting the traffic jams that clog our hearts without impatience, sitting still with our aching parts, giving them new names or no names, born from the gift of genuine curiosity, even through the pain. If we could fall in love with our polished parts and our blemished parts the same, we might recognize the value of the blockages, keeping us from soaring into futures we haven't yet earned, on the wings of lessons we haven't yet learned the hard way. And then, instead of wishing the barricades before us would miraculously open, we'd suddenly see them as the keys to the very mysteries we came here to discover, and we would welcome them in, committing ourselves to the excavation of all we have discarded, hidden away, and to the recovery of our cast-off, disheveled parts, ragged, wild, disowned, reclaiming all the pieces of our scattered hearts, relearning the forgotten languages of our oldest yearnings, long ago abandoned, listening to the whispers of our slightest whims with rapt attention, devoting this swift life to the cultivation of allowingness, making space enough for all the possibilities of havingness. There's something really medicinal that happens when we let ourselves fully have what we have. When we can just let ourselves go into and towards the experience without judgment, without focusing on getting somewhere better. And it can sometimes be a difficult thing to allow ourselves to really receive those experiences if they're challenging and at the same time it can also be for me personally and for a lot of the clients that I've worked with who feel strongly for other people around them it can be a challenge to have wonderful things come to you when other people around you are suffering so I thought I would start with just sharing a little bit of my story around that and how I have moved through that experience recently and what I've learned from it. Beginning with my journey coming here to Mexico, where I am now. And I was supposed to be here with a dear, dear friend of mine working on a book that we are co-creating. And she got sick right before we were supposed to leave. Really, really, really sick and as so many people are getting sick these days. And so she had to cancel and had to decide, am I going to cancel as well or am I gonna go by myself? And I felt all this guilt, not necessarily because she uh, would make me feel guilty at all, but because, you know, so many people are, you know, hunkered down right now 
not traveling, not enjoying life. And it's a really hard time for a lot of people. And I really feel this really deeply. And so I had also just returned from Puerto Rico where I got to spend five weeks making art. And that was a wonderful experience that I felt so fortunate to have. So to leave again felt like a little much. You know? <laughs> I was like, how much do I get to leave? I would say also I had a lot of motivation to leave and I had been intending to create these opportunities in my life for years because the winter in the Pacific Northwest where I live is really harsh. It is gray and rainy and dark for months and months on end. And I have suffered from seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, most of my life. And so it's been a real challenge for me to make it through the winters. And it was so difficult, even with all of my tools and practices and all of the ways that I have cultivated to remain balanced and whole and healthy and keep my energy moving, it was still a challenge. And I really set this intention to create opportunities for my life to have sunshine in the winter. And this year, those opportunities came. They just kept coming. And I was like, wow, look at that. You, you know, state that you want to create something and then it gets created. And I'm like, but can I? Can I allow myself to have this? Can, is it okay? And I really had to sit with that because there was a part of me that felt like I'd already gotten this trip to Puerto Rico. That should be enough. I should just, you know, hunker down and, and suffer with everyone else. <laughs> and it would just be too much for me to go and have more sun and more joy. Like, there's only so much. <laughs> and I hadn't really thought of it like that, but that's, you know, really, there was a part of me unconsciously that was holding back. And so I, that manifested as indecision. I couldn't decide, should I go, should I stay, should I go? And what came of that was I, I decided to really treat myself the way I would treat my clients, which is to get objective and hold neutral space for myself. In order to make this decision in a sound way, I had to get really clear and in alignment so that I could hear whether or not my body was saying yes and my soul was saying yes, this is the right thing to do. And so I got really objective with myself and one way that I did that is I stopped thinking about myself <laughs> in regards to this question. Like if I heard my client express this dilemma how would I hold space for them? And, and then that, when I started to get, go into that place, that objective, neutral space with myself, I immediately thought about my daughter and how she sometimes has expressed a challenge in receiving good things, abundance. She's a giver. And I'd been hearing her talk about this recently, and I was like, why would you not want to let all these good things come to you? And suddenly it dawned on me, <laughs> maybe I've modeled that in certain ways. And 
what would I like to model on a conscious level, right? I really want her to feel like it's okay to receive the, the good things that come into her life. And that it's just as important and valuable for us to really accept the gifts as it is for us to accept the challenges. Because they're both meaningful and they both have lessons and they both have gifts. So in order to really get to that place, I had to step outside of my own hemming and hawing and outside of myself. I had to get objective. I had to hold space for myself and tune in and, and listen to my body. And as soon as I did that, I felt such a clear yes. I felt such a clear yes. And I'm curious how you experience a yes in your body. And I think it's a really, really valuable thing to know and to be able to recognize. But for me, yes felt like um, I was being, my load was lightened. I felt instantly taller and bigger and brighter and my heart space opened and my shoulders relaxed and some kind of tension layer dropped and I felt freer and I felt clearer. Suddenly I felt so clear. And then this amazing aha light bulb went off in my brain and I thought, I'm gonna bring my daughter with me. <laughs> And so I did for the first five days of the trip, I brought her with me and I gifted her this experience and I saw it as a way to take action on the waking dream of my life. If you look at your life like it's also a dream, because it is, you can kind of move through that dream work process with your life experiences. And so in this scenario, to me, the dream action, the way I wanted to earth this realization process that I went through was to bring her and to not only model how I could receive the blessings that life was bestowing upon me, but that I could give her that direct experience. And so it was, and it was the best thing. It was so wonderful. And we had a really, really, really good time. But on the day that she left, I got exposed to something that is rampant here in Mexico and I got super sick. <laughs> um, just nauseous and purging. And so the negative pull of my experiential story here is that I spent the next six days, and I'm still suffering actually from this, barely able to eat and barely able to keep anything in my body and really having to be with my own physical discomfort even while I'm soaking up the sun and the wonderful sounds of Mexico and all the chaos that I love about being here and there's so many things I love about being here and I've been really practicing that and letting myself have as deeply as I can the paradoxical polarity way of being with both experiences of being sick <laughs> as well as being in bliss. What I discovered about going through this process is that it has led me to this deeper relationship, uh, a deeper way of loving myself than I have ever experienced in my life. 
because I have the space and the time. And I made that intention to really contemplate havingness. And I've been intending to do this episode for over two weeks now. It just was something that needed to marinate and I needed to be really observing how I relate to this concept of havingness. How does it play out for me? And what do I notice? And what do I want to share really about it? And I wanted to say that being really nauseous all the time has been one of the best things. (laughs) Just purging and being still and listening at every moment. What do I need? What does my body need? Maybe some bubbly water, maybe some charcoal, you know, really just letting myself be still and listening has been such a gift. And I might have missed that, you know, I might have missed some of that depth of listening if I was feeling completely normal. So everything happens for a reason, blah, blah, blah. But I had two dreams since I got sick that really helped me to deepen my understanding around what this process was about and how to relate to it in a way that would help me to grow and learn and heal through my dreams. So in the first dream, I was in a garage that was full of stuff and I was getting rid of it. I had a couple of helpers there helping me go through things and some of these things weren't mine and I was told that I couldn't get rid of them even though I wanted to just get rid of everything. (laughs) And some of the things in this garage had been mine a long time ago And I was like, oh, I wish I could have that. (laughs) But I'd already gotten rid of it, so I couldn't keep that one. And there were couches and boxes and trunks and all of these things, and I was just going through purging all of this stuff. And I didn't even make this correlation around this dream having to do with purging until I wrote it out the next day. And the word purge (laughs) cued me in immediately. I'm like, oh... Here I've been purging, you know, I haven't been able to keep anything down for a week and I'm having this dream that I'm getting rid of stuff and I'm really wanting to get rid of stuff, right? So that really gave me an insight for sure. And the other thing that I found while I was going through all of this stuff was a doll that had one short leg that was almost like it was deformed and so it was wearing one of those platform shoes that would make it be able to walk if if it was a real person that had a shorter leg and I couldn't quite tell if the doll was a real person and I thought if she was real then she was dead unless she wasn't totally dead anyway I really really wanted to get rid of this doll but I was worried that maybe the doll was alive and I would get in trouble 
maybe I would get in trouble for sending it to the landfill. This was very, very upsetting and scary. So I woke myself up, as we often do when our dreams escalate and we don't know what else to do in the moment. And that part of the dream really intrigued me because I figured out pretty quickly that the purging of the stuff in this garage was directly related to this experience I was having in my body of purging everything in my bowels, <laughs> which is a classic in polarity earth element issue. The earth element is related to your first chakra, your root chakra, and that correlates to your bowels and oftentimes when our bowels aren't moving or they're moving too much then that indicates there's something going on with your earth. I was really clearing out my earth element <laughs> and my relationship to home and body was huge. That's been really really up for me and I would also say space which correlates to the ether element which is the throat chakra and space in the sense that I really couldn't get enough of it. I just needed to be away from everything and everyone. Just even being here far away by myself, I, I couldn't quite figure out how to get enough space. So it was interesting when I had this dream and I'm clearing out all this stuff, trying to make space, and, and I suddenly realized, oh, there is something to this sacred illness that I'm experiencing and I'm understanding the lesson and that feels good. It felt healing, it felt medicinal. So I could even go deeper into the experience of having what I'm having, of not resisting or fighting or judging it, just welcoming the discomfort as part of my learning. The part about the doll was really interesting because in polarity, the left side of the body relates to our receiving side and the right side relates to our giving side. And because the doll had one short leg and the, it was the left leg that was shorter, I realized that that was showing me that there was something off about that ability to receive support in my walk in life. And I was looking at this doll as an aspect of me. And when I think about what are dolls, you know, what do dolls do? And I'm just sharing my process of interpreting this dream, but what do dolls represent to me? And in this context, I really felt like dolls represent something you play with. Usually when you're a child, it was showing me there was some part of my own inner child that needs play, that I had hidden it in this garage. <laughs> and maybe some part of it was stunted and needed more ability to receive, and maybe some part of it was a little bit dead. <laughs> I thought I had already done that work, because I have. I have done that work. And so here was another layer of the onion where I was getting to see that, nope, it's not quite dead, and it's still in the garage, and is it okay for me to get rid of this, really? Or will I get in trouble? And that question is what woke me up because clearly there was some part of my psyche that was really not sure if I could get rid of it yet. The way that I've been working this dream and I've been, you know, really listening to it and listening to my life and welcoming the guidance through the synchronicities and 
I've really learned that I, I need more play. I need more support, even more than I thought I did, because I knew I needed those things. But I'm really allowing myself in this experience right now to have those things, and I'm reaching out in new ways. And maybe I saw that as a handicap that I have had since I was little. Maybe that's something, you know? And I'm just really trying to be in acceptance of that and to be in a place of loving, nurturing care around it. That's been very medicinal for me and things have begun to change. My life has been changing since I've had this insight and multiple things have occurred and come in and support has come in new ways. So that's been really, really magical. dream that I had in contemplating havingness was a dream where I was uh, teaching a polarity class. It was an in-person class to three women who I consider very wise. And I taught them this process of how to embody their deepest desires and their life purpose. In the dream, I taught them this. And part of that embodiment process involved embodying what was in the way and fully experiencing those obstacles. This dream to me was so exceptional that I woke up and I re-entered the dream and the teacher who was like my future self, she said, you're not fully in your body. If you're not fully inhabiting your body, you're not going to know what to do 100%. She really guided me to to get more embodied so that I could really know where to step next in a more empowered way. So I've been practicing that. I've been really practicing being 100% in my body. So this whole thing about being 100% in my body brought up my grief around living in the Northwest where it's harder for me to be embodied there. I feel a natural level of comfort in my body when I'm in Mexico and it's much more challenging for me to access that when I'm in the Northwest in the winter. So I brought this issue, this feeling of like, oh, but how can I be at home in a place where I can't be at home? And, you know, what do I do with that? And she said to me, home is not outside of you. Home is not inside of you. Home is wherever and whenever you are existing 100% inside of yourself. There are many practices, spiritual practices, physical practices, yoga, running, 
you know, eating certain foods and avoiding other foods, all of these things that help me to stay inside of my body. I think probably, though, the, the most helpful thing that I've discovered is this whole concept of havingness and really letting myself have the experience that I'm having, whether it's positive or negative or whether I think that it's good for me or I think that it's not good for me, to just really, really have it. And when I go into that place of having and being with myself, I can feel that sense of coming home. I can feel it like a landing and a certainty and a clarity and a possibility for new avenues to be created where before I saw only walls. And I'm, I'm offering this to you because this is so, it's been such a treasure for me to experience it. I think I've offered this to my clients over the years. As a rule, it's built into my practitionership is really endeavoring to be with people wherever they are and to really validate and honor and hold them in their experience 100%. And I have seen and felt and experienced the profound healing benefits of being with another person in that way. That kind of presence is so powerful. And I think that I am experiencing that giving that to myself, being my own client, has been such an incredible deep thing to 100% allow yourself to be at home in your experience, whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, and, you know, to just rest there for a minute and let that inform you in new ways. It's an honor to share this podcast with you, and I really, really appreciate you being here and tuning in, sharing it, uh, leaving a review if you feel called. Your support means so, so much to me. I wanted to make sure and, and let you know that my guided meditation that accompanies this episode was gifted in this dream, this night dream that I had. It's a really special process that I'm learning to inhabit, and it's been phenomenal. So I'm excited to share that with you. If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon and the private podcast or our membership and dream circles, please go to elevationhive.com. Thank you so much for participating in the energy that we are weaving together here. It is truly an honor. We're all alone.